lot of people will end up saying like, oh, I don't have time or I don't have the money around this. Well, then make time, make the money and go do it. Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast. This episode is brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Are you ready to start taking your American dream to the next level through passive investing? The hosts, Sean and Abigail, are a father-daughter duo trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom through multifamily real estate. While you're here, please comment, rate, review, like, or subscribe to help us grow. What does the American dream mean to you? And how are you taking it to the next level? Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. Hi, Michael. How are you? Welcome to Next Level American Dream Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm good, Abigail. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I am super excited to hear about your story and your professional background. So can you uh, give me and our audience a little bit on uh, what that is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in California in the Thousand Oaks, which is just like a suburb of LA area and started my professional career in the 911 service. So that was pretty much all I ever wanted to be involved in and, and what I enjoyed because I like the idea of helping people. I thought it was a pretty secure job. And I kind of, you know, felt honestly like you know, kind of a badass, if I'm allowed to say that, um, in the process of doing that. But the when I was 19, I believe I was really getting started in that space. And from there, I started off with the ambulance service, you know, work as an EMT, then later got my medical license. At the same time, I got hired with the city of San Diego as a fireman and started through that path. I mean, it was definitely a great career and something I really enjoyed, but I left when I was 30. I mean, part of the reason why was just because I got to a point where living in San Diego, my job wasn't paying enough for me to be present at home. So I was, I was kind of always constantly working, if you will. And that was, that was because I wanted to give my, my wife the option for her to be a mother or you know, if she wanted to work, that was fine. But just being that, that being the case, it was just keeping up with the Joneses living in San Diego. It was just nonstop having to work. So I was pretty much gone, maybe 20 days out of 30, just due to the demand of the job and, and just how it kind of worked out. So I got to a point where I was like, Hey, there's gotta be something else. And I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, little purple book. And, and that really opened my eyes to, you know, really what you could do with real estate. So tried my whole hands at a whole bunch of different stuff. Went from wholesaling, becoming a realtor, working with strictly multifamily, going to assisted living industry, and then jumping where I'm landed now has been in, in the short-term rental space. So that's been a little fun as well. But yeah, that's, that's in a very short, condensed version. That's been somewhat of my journey through my career and the industry that's in industries I've been involved in. Absolutely. We can go into detail on those if you'd like to as well. For sure. We're definitely going to dive into each of those because I'm curious myself. So you mentioned that a big piece of why you left your 911 industry, as you called it, was that you wanted to be more present at home and give your wife some more options. Was there a trigger point that was like, okay, I need to stop doing this. We need to pivot. Or was it really just a accumulation of moments that you were missing that you felt like you wanted to be there for? 
No, I think you hit the nail on the head with accumulation of moments because there's only so much you can do. And I think this happens most time. I know a lot of people can probably do the, you know, there's one moment and then all of a sudden it just clicked. I knew I should have done something. And I'm sure there's a few of those too, but overall it was accumulation of moments of just realizing what I was missing. And it was just the constant, re like, like remembering, oh, I missed another Christmas, another birthday, another special day. Um, especially there was one time, oh man, I was... Okay, this is one of those moments, but I was, we had just gotten married. It was before our first daughter and we were just, the city wasn't necessarily treating us the greatest, but I went from working three or four days in a row and I was pretty taxed. I was really tired. You know, my body was just, just done. And then I got forced to work the first 12 hours of the next day. So what the, what we call those is mandos. And so I went from the engine to having to work on, which is the, like the big fire trucks to working on a medic box for in the next 12 hours. And I guess because someone left or something happened, I was supposed to see my wife that evening and celebrate, you know, some of our friends birthday, which is something I was really excited for. I haven't seen, you know, my, her, or my friends for a while. So you know, we're going to celebrate their birthday. And then like maybe a few hours before I was supposed to get off, someone called off, something happened. I don't know, but I got called into another station and it was just, I think it was just accumulation of me being tired and my body being wrecked, you know, me being so excited to actually finally see my family and friends. And mm -hmm. then now I'm being told I got to go back to work. And then that night, was, was kind of unfortunate because I was supposed to be working the next few days as well. So it wasn't just four days and then working in the, and I got forced to work during the day and I was getting forced to work at night, but I had three more days of working after that. So, and I was just trying to get at least 12 hours, you know, break just to be able to see my family and be, you know, and just celebrate with my friends. And so I was pretty not so happy <laughs> i can imagine yeah and it's just you know that those little moments just kept piling up and then bringing that into when my daughter came into the picture it was like okay i don't want this to happen ever again with with my family or my kids and stuff and like you know just because i know the city doesn't care about me or my family situation nowhere near you know the way i do and at the end of the day just like how that firefighter you know, was able to call in sick and I had to replace them. If I left the department, they're going to find someone else to replace me. And, you know, and that's the reality of, of the situation. But my daughter or my wife, if I'm gone from them, there is no replacement for me. You know, there is no, no person who's going to come in and replace me being the husband or me being the father. And so it's kind of like weighing your priorities. Well, what's more important, you know, in terms of value, that you're going to be able to give. And I don't want to do that to my daughter or my wife at all, you know, on, on a yeah. continuous basis. So it was like, okay, there's gotta be another way. And, and that's, that was really what kind of started that journey. That's a really powerful story that I think while yours had a lot of detail in what you experienced, I think so many people will be able to listen to that and go, I've had a moment exactly like that. I've had an experience where I didn't want to miss out on my kid's life or uh -huh. miss out on being the spouse that my partner needs. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, you have yeah. so, so many of those have such large values that you've placed in your previous career and in your family life. Are you doing things in your now real estate business that kind of weaves in those values? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. So currently my business really is structured around short-term rentals. So like, you know, average or like the daily night running it out, that kind of stuff. Right. And a lot of that, say I have a, a company called STR Legacies and we do coaching on how to invest in short-term rentals and things of that nature. But a lot of our talks and what we do, just because my, my story is very similar, we end up, we end up taking in a lot of like families, like who want to do it together or people who want to like bring in their kids with it and learn. I had two brothers join our program who wanted to kind of do a package deal. I think I have a soft spot for that even now, you know, my wife is, is very a part of my business, you know, and we do stuff all together all the time. But one of the things that, that I love being able to do in part of our, I guess, system is we like to go travel and do these things together. So we'll go out and check out markets. We'll check out different properties, live in an area for a while. You know, we're actually, so we're going to, I'm going to Boston for part of our business, bringing the family with this month and then going to Colorado after, and then we're going to, to Nicaragua towards the end of May. And that Nicaragua trip was just for, for the sake, part of our business, but also just for the sake of being able to get away with our family. And so it's definitely in every aspect, I always try and involve, involve them. And as well as, you know, for the same, for the students, it's kind of ends up being fun or a little more fun that way. Yeah. I, I love that. Cause I'm in business. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm in business with my dad, him and I are partners in our uh, multifamily company. So it really kind of <laughs> intertwines together that you found our show. So that's funny. Now let's dive into how you found short-term rentals. We are Thompson Multifamily Group. We generate passive income for our clients and partners by investing in apartments. Apartments are like giant factories that take in rent checks and create profits that we share with our investors. If you'd like more information about us or how to get into the deal room, please visit our website at thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Thompson Multifamily Group an alternative to the stock market. So you mentioned you went from wholesaling and you've done a bunch of other things within real estate. What landed you on the short-term rental niche, I guess? Yeah. So it was actually at the time, you know, when I was thinking about the short-term rental space, I was kind of just finishing up with a few deals, a few multi, like wholesaling multifamily deals and some land deals. Because I wanted to kind of get in more in the new construction and development space too. Um, but it was also the same time. So I've never actually bought my own house. And so it was around the same time we bought our own house. And we, we heard about Airbnb. We stayed in Airbnbs, right? But it wasn't something that we were like really, you know, didn't know very well of, of the whole business, if you will. But we were also very committed to wanting when we bought our first house we wanted it not to be a liability but an asset for us so we wanted to bring another source of income and so we had this bonus room had its own separate entrance had a little kitchenette that we made and own bathroom and, and you know very able to like rent out you know itself so our thought process was hey we could rent out this for a long-term rental and we can have them go and maybe you know rent it out for 800 to maybe a thousand bucks max but probably around eight 800 and our mortgage was about 1800. And so we're like, great, we'll save, you know, $800 on our mortgage, which is pretty awesome. But then we, we also asked the question cause people were always talking about it, about Airbnb, short term rentals, stuff like that. And what will, what would it look like if we did that instead? And so we went down that process. My wife, she designed the whole space, did all the decorations, did 
the colors scheme, everything. And I just kind of did the, the labor work for building out the, the sink, the kitchenette, all that kind of stuff. And our first, first month that we rented it out, was like a thousand dollars. Oh no, sorry, not a thousand, $3,000. We went from, you know, saving on our mortgage to getting paid to live there. And, and then we went on this little trip um, to Florida and we started, man, it'd be cool if we could just invest in, you know, short-term rentals where we want to go travel to. And she's like, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, let's do that. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that kind of made that switch. And, you know, we kind of just went all in after that once we saw the proof of it, but, but now we're kind of more in a, a situation where we want to build more units, do more of like a really build that, that love of multifamily and short-term rentals together to, you know, that I guess that kind of looks like more hotels or, you know, campgrounds or something like that. But, but we're definitely kind of looking more in that space now as well. Wow. That's really cool. How long have you been doing short-term rentals? So what, when was your first experience of turning your little bonus room? How far along was that? Yeah. So that was a year ago, oh a my year gosh. ago, probably next month. And, and we, we went from that to utilizing other, you know, no money down strategies and grew from four to, you know, sorry, one to six properties in about four months. And so that was kind of fun in doing so <laughs> a lot yeah, of learning and partnerships and yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, but, but yeah, now we're kind of like just focusing on, okay, let's maybe take down something a little larger as well, but, but yeah, it's been really good. Okay. So you've only been doing this for about a year, but you've already seen so much growth. What are some things that you wish you knew before you guys started? I wish I knew the time, the amount of time it took to put certain deals together. And I wish I knew data. I, I wish I knew I had like certain data, I guess, points to use in the very beginning, because partly I was using data in terms of like a market, but not really had, I didn't really have a lot of strength in analyzing deals. So I'd go into a market that was really good to buy into, but I wouldn't necessarily analyze a deal. Right? And now after having done it a couple of times, like, okay, and I, I feel very comfortable with analyzing deals and I have very specific criteria with what I want to buy. And so like some of those first deals we bought weren't the best, <laughs> yeah. if you will, but, but yeah, but they definitely now I'm like, all right, well, you know, I, I, I guess just to make those deals a little better, but that's where it got started, right? That's what got us moving. Um, so I wish I just, I spent more time actually analyzing deals and knowing specifically what my buying criteria is just to have a better standard to work from, from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned also one of your things was time. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah. So that I'd say more specifically is knowing how much time it would take. You know, I was, I was unsure about how much time it would take and, and really underestimated the amount of time that it took to, to get good at it. And so, and also just to manage a project, I was thinking I was able to, to do that and uh, quite a few other things at the same time. And it just wasn't the case, but I still took the time to learn everything I need to learn. So, yeah. So do you mean by how much time it took to get good at being an investor or take a long time to actually rehab a property or just learn the learning process in general? Like, was there a specific one that you felt you needed to dedicate more time to that you weren't necessarily expecting? Yeah, probably rehabbing the property 
Because although I wasn't the one physically doing it, there needed to be somebody who was making timelines and holding the contractors to the timelines. And because we lost a lot of money just by not doing that well. So, mm-hmm. and it's not being organized and did the delivery of our, our furnish items just cause not like it was kind of being delivered all over the month and it wasn't very specific onto one week being delivered. So we lost like there's weeks, you know, m- months where we could have been renting out to other renters that we didn't because it was just, we just didn't have everything ready. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think I would have really thought of even the delivery schedule because project management is definitely a piece of the business that I feel like some people don't always grasp that that needs to be like a full-time gig, but I wouldn't Absolutely, have even yeah. expected the deliveries of things, especially cause you guys have been doing it for about a year. So you're hitting all the supply chain issues and all that too. So I see you have quite a few books in your background behind <laughs> you. And you already mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What were some other books that really aided in your learning experience? Because you said that that was also something that you really wanted to dedicate a lot of time to. Yeah, some other books. I would say one this year has been amazing and life-changing for me was A $100 Million Offer by Alex Ramorzi. He is a guy who's grown very quickly in his businesses from gym launch, which was he pretty much just helped gyms get up running, started and be profitable and then... Um, a whole bunch of other companies that he started and, and ends up having a net worth of between him and his wife, I believe was like a hundred million. And so he wrote this book called a hundred million dollar offer, which is all about just creating this offer to your customers, other businesses that they would feel absolutely stupid saying no. And so it's all about being able to customize this offer to make it where it's like almost like, why would I ever say no? But then you're also charging a very high price, but, but you're adding so much value that it's all, it's like, it's very low risk for the customer, if you will. Wow. Yeah. I might have to go read that myself. That sounds very good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. So this is my, my big question that I ask every person that's on our show and it's our show is called next level American dream. And we mean that by saying how, the American dream, which the keeping up with the Joneses is a little bit more outdated and how this yeah. kind of idea ha- has way more variety and is different to every single person and what they're wanting for their lives. So what does the American dream really mean to you and how are you living that in your life now? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, it's definitely a loaded question in terms of when you think about the American dream, but overall for me and our family, it's really time freedom. It's time freedom, relational freedom, physical freedom, and spiritual freedom. So like for us to be able to do anything we like, you know, not only say anything we want, but like within reason, things that we want to do and hang out with the people who we want to hang out with and invest with the people we want to invest with and physically do the things that anything we, we want to do. I mean, I feel like that is definitely our freedom in terms and, and, and how we're living that out. We're just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like a lot, of, yeah, like a lot of people will end up saying like, oh, I don't have time or I don't have the money around this. Well then make time, make the money and go do it. And so like for us, we you know, we can't do that alone. We have to have teams and partners and people we get to rely on and, and invest with. But I mean, for us, I know I mentioned this once before, but you know, we like to do business and travel. We love traveling. So we've made that a part of our lives to where we're going to be committing to spending a month or two months out in some other country or some other place 
where we can live and also, you know, still do work and, and, and have our investments pay for that lifestyle, including our, our own home. So that's, I would say the way that we're living that out. And it's, it's quite fabulous. That sounds pretty incredible. I'd like to also be living that way myself. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us. And my real final question is, how can people get to know what you're doing? You mentioned you have some coaching. How could people um, learn more about what you're doing in short-term rentals and how to do it for themselves? Yeah, yeah. So you can go to strlegacies.com. There's a little free masterclass there and kind of teach people on how to invest in short-term rentals, or you can you know, reach me at michaelporch.com as well. That's another easy avenue to kind of show what we're doing on all the kind of stuff that we got going on, but yeah, feel free. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate having you on. You had an absolutely incredible story that I hope resonates with a lot of our listeners. And I'm going to start researching short-term rentals myself. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more on what we talked about, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and becoming a part of our TMG Investor Club, head over to our website at thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.